One of my mates called me the other day and he said he was listening to the pod whilst digging a massive hole in the garden. He said it was a, uh, he said it was uh, very good while he digged this massive hole. And I thought that's, that's, uh, that's unique, unique. You don't hear Is that. Is your friend a dog? Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts, and I'm joined in the studio, well, the virtual studio, and he's he's sort of he's sort of like mouthing along the words because he's heard this many times before. It's Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How are you doing, sir? Back on the pod with myself, Jake Wilson. Yeah, what, um, I'm good, cheers, Michael. Is that even grammatically? Is it even grammatically <laughs> correct? With myself. It's, it's set in stone now, Michael. You can't change it. When you get a catchphrase, you have to keep it, mate. So, uh, yeah, you got to keep that. Wow. Wow. Michael Potts, the brand. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, we'll be running through some of the biggest football matches in the Premier League on TV this weekend. Of course, there are many as ever. Um, some, some particularly feisty games actually this weekend. So I'm looking forward to talking about some of those. Uh, we're also going to be looking through some of the big fantasy Premier League tips for you to, well, for your team to fall down the league table by listening to our advice. And we're also going to be wrapping up Another week of big Champions League action. The first time since 2005, the first time since the 2004-2005 season uh, that we will have a Champions League quarterfinal without Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Does that feel significant? That feels significant. Uh, we'll be coming to more of that later. Uh, but for now, let us dive straight into Premier League from this weekend. Uh, we're going to start with the early lunchtime game. The early lunchtime game? The lunchtime game on Saturday 13th of March. Uh, it's Leeds United versus Chelsea. That's a 12.30 kickoff on BT Sport. Um, I think Chelsea. Chelsea are the one. Ch- let's focus on Chelsea for now. Um, I guess their season was turning out to be a bit of a slog, really. Uh, and, and I mean, it's very—it's blossoming into a very tidy little season by Chelsea since that managerial change. I don't think many many changes have gone as, as swiftly or as as well as that, really. Considering the you know, it's a big team, bit lots at stake. It's it couldn't have gone any better, really, could it? No, the turnaround has been remarkable. They've they've become defensively solid so quickly. It was obviously the problem under Lampard was they were conceding too many goals. The attacking talent is obviously there. But defensively, they weren't at it. Now, under Tuchel, he's gone back to this kind of 3-4-1-2 formation. Um, and even though the the personnel is changing, the, the results are the same. They're keeping lots of clean sheets, stopping teams from scoring. Um, you know, that win over Everton was, was really key. Um, and I think the amount of players they've got in those defensive positions to use using Rudiger, sometimes not using Rudiger, using Chilwell, sometimes not using Chilwell. That's really, really positive. Um, and I think Tuchel has got them on course for the Champions League because of this solidity. And fourth place from, from where they were in the season they looked like they were having can be seen as nothing other really than a, a, a genuine success, I think. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, we talked about fourth there and, and fourth is is very much the aim. I guess there's not a amazing difference between sort of you know where you finish in the top four as long as you get to that top four but i mean second place is not out of chelsea's grasp now i mean that's surely got to be the aim i I think they're one of those sides that once now that they've actually cracked into the top four um they've kind of got ahead of everton and west ham and then the pretenders i guess in that sense you've got leicester struggling for a bit of form I mean, second really has to be the aim for 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 Tuchel's men now, and I'm sure he's probably letting them letting them know that put them put their name in the frame to be title contenders next year, and by doing you know proving those credentials or, or starting to prove those credentials by well, yeah, I mean finishing second this time around, which which is not out of the realms of possibility. Um, you, it's interesting you mentioned defensively there because uh, I, I feel like. He's sort of taken a lot of spare parts and turned them into a well-oiled machine. I think the likes of Andreas Christensen had a really good game the other day. Um, and Antonio Rudiger's had a couple of good games. Kurt Zuma's still coming in and playing quite well. Uh, obviously, Thiago Silva, we know we know the experience he brings. Um, but he's, he's really making the most of, of it. A bit of a hodgepodge sort of squad, I guess, uh, especially, especially in the defence. 
Definitely. And bringing Azpilicueta back in, I think that's been it's been key. He missed out a lot under Lampard. I think Lampard was trying to look forward to this kind of next generation playing Reese James a lot, which he should should do. We do want to see Reese James being played, but you you cannot um, you know downplay the the strength of Aspilicueta, his leadership, his experience, and you know his match day involvement. He's he's an excellent footballer, and I think him bringing him more back into the fold has has done him well. They've got some big leaders back there in him and Thiago Silva, and that's going to really help. Um, the games because of this have become a lot closer for Chelsea. They're not you know smashing teams you know four nil, but they're not losing either. They're just eating out these one or two nil mm. wins against the big teams, big teams, little teams. The, the, the game plan is similar. It's, um, you know, shutting it down, making sure we don't concede. And then they've obviously got the talent to to put one or two in the net. Mm. And and like you say there, I mean, the likes of Silva, Azpilicueta, I mean, being there, done that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If, if anybody's been there, done that, it's Thiago Silva. Uh, Azpilicueta, obviously very experienced as well. He looks quite angry at Azpilicueta at the minute, which I, I like. I like a bit of fire in the belly. That He's always been that sort of character, but I, I like a bit of that. And you, you just hope that sort of rubs off on the likes of Zuma, who has all the raw materials to be a very, very good defender. Uh, but I mean, what what players to learn off for, uh, for around him? Uh, just sort of moving a bit further up the field. Um, I want to talk about Timo Werner. I I feel sorry for that guy because he is performing quite well. He is actually playing well when I've watched him. Uh, what a frustrating player he actually is. I, I, I yeah, I do feel I, I land on the sympathy side rather than he's had his chance and that's it just feel like he's not getting the rub of the green in pretty much every situation which how, how do you how do you turn that around i have no idea um i think his movement is tremendous it just the little runs he makes the off the ball stuff he's fantastic i think he's quite a clever footballer like say so he knows where to be uh, rapid pace we've seen that a couple of times he's burned players for pace it's just those those 50-50 decisions that always just seem to go against him. Obviously, there was a—I think he was off by a nose hair or something the other day, and VAR ruled it out. Um, if he hits the post, it's always going to hit the the outer angle of the post and not just bend inside. It—it's so hard. It feels like the lazy way of explaining away his problems. But but there are so many times that this has happened now, uh, and it's just oh, he just needs that those couple of goals. Because um, I think he's a really good, I think he's a good footballer, and I mean he's still Chelsea's top assists. He provided most assists for Chelsea this season with six, not a huge amount, but still decent. Uh, he still scored ten in in all competitions, but obviously five in twenty seven in the Premier League is a bit of a blotch. Um, yeah, frustrating. He's definitely got the talent in him, and I think he makes Chelsea's forward line much more dynamic than than if they kind of play with with Abraham, for example. Um, he can play he can play out wide, he can play kind of more centrally, and I think that's really important. And I think that going forward, if Havertz, you know, does grow into the player that he was at Bayer Leverkusen, um, that could be a really good uh, pair between the two. Havertz running into the box, finishing off Werner's, you know, dangerous play. Um, he hasn't scored the goals and it has gone against him. He's, he's been unlucky. He's hit the bar quite a few times, but he has been wasteful too. Um, I watched an interview with him on Football Focus at the weekend and he, he brought up that a lot of strikers, when they come from these European top leagues, they do take a year quite often to settle. Um, the example they used was Didier Drogba. Um, he you know, didn't hit the ground running didn't score loads and loads of goals. He wasn't Didier Drogba, as we know him in our brains, that rose-tinted Drogba when he first came in. And I think that could well be the case with Werner. Um, He's settled in the Prem. It's a very different league to a lot of others. Um, You really have to be clinical. Um, I think you get less than a second on the ball before a challenge goes in if you receive it within the box in the Premier League. So, you know, the the reactions you've got to have um, have to be unbelievable um and i think verna's just learning that he does look good i think he his xg i haven't seen it but i would imagine it would be much higher than it actually is i think he is getting into the situations just putting them away um has been has been the issue he scored some good goals he's got a good goal against spurs in the efl cup um uh, early in the season so so he has he has got it in him and i think um, as we were speaking about Chelsea going for maybe higher than fourth, um, 
he's going to be key to that running because in from May onwards, these are these are Chelsea's Premier League fixtures. They've got Fulham, they've got City, they've got Arsenal, they've got Leicester and Villa. So yes. if you're going to get points, you want to get those points in the bank rather than relying on a late surge. Um, so so yeah, maybe maybe run your legs a little bit harder now and then be a little bit more tired when it comes to City, Leicester and Arsenal. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to get that Chelsea. I'm, I was thinking more about their attackers. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned Kai Havertz there, who I watched for Leverkusen a few times, um, putting on my best uh, my best football hipster. Um, but I really enjoyed him. It was, it was at the start of lockdown last year. Um, happy anniversary! Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was the start of first lockdown, and it was only Bundesliga. What, Who was your you team? Who did you pick? Everyone picked a Bundesliga team. Oh, I mean, I, 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 Dortmund were a bit of an obvious one to choose, weren't they? Sorry. But I did genuinely watch a bit of Leverkusen and I genuinely really enjoyed Kai Havertz. I was like, this guy is good. He's like tall and lanky and looks a bit like just, I don't know, he looks just, just I don't know, dead focused on what he was doing. And um, he was a very good footballer for, from sort of really deep for, for Leverkusen. He was sort of playing centre midfield. And uh, he just looked like a Terminator from the from the middle. He, he would just drive forward, drive forward, drive forward, stick the ball in the net, job done, you finished. I think he was hitting goal with his head, with his left, with his right. He was just an all-out goal threat, and we haven't seen that so far at Chelsea with Havertz. Um, but the other night there was a there was a couple of little flickers of that, and I just think I think Tuchel has to be. I've wrote it down here. He's got a lot of good, good. If you want to put their squad down, uh, he's got a lot of good pieces and parts, without really having a fully functioning working car going forward. So he's got the likes of Pulisic, the likes of um, Werner, Havertz, uh, Zayesh is in there, Hudson Odoi is in there. There's a lot of a lot of very good players who I think if you plugged any of those pieces or parts into any team in the world, they will smash it they don't all work together. And so I think Chelsea almost need to accept that a couple of these players, they may need to let go in the summer, even though they will smash it elsewhere in order that Tuchel can, you know, build a team around one or two of them, Werner and Havertz being kind of the obvious ones. I think Pulisic has been linked with a move away and potentially Kingsley Coman coming in from, from Bayern Munich. I think I've rambled a bit here, <laughs> but I feel like Chelsea have a lot of good parts in there. Havertz being one of them, they just need to work out which ones they're going to focus on and build around. Because at the minute, we're seeing flashes from all of them without consistent form from any of them. I think um, a great, a good preseason for Chelsea will really help as well. Tuchel's trying to figure this out with two games a week. They've got the Champions League as well. It's it's a lot on his plate, so. Um, it does look like Pulisic is on the on the fringes. Um, he's only coming on for the last few moments of a game, um, but maybe with a preseason, with full fitness, maybe slightly less stressed game week schedule, mm. uh, we, we will see those players learn to to play together a slightly more. Um, but Chelsea have it all already. You can't really point to many places where they need. Any you know reinforcements? Um, yeah, I think it's just, got so many players. It's refining what they have. I think it, it's sifting out those one or two players who they can sell on. For, I mean, Pulisic is probably the prime example. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I think he's a, he's got so much talent and pace. I mean, the end of last season, he was he was probably the player of lockdown in terms of from from last season. Um, it hasn't quite worked from under Tuchel. And I think I almost wonder whether Chelsea need to cut their losses on, on players like that who aren't going to fit Tuchel's system, reinvest in players he wants. Um, but yeah, as a squad, they have it all. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do over the next year or so. Um, obviously, got Leeds this weekend, uh, coming back around to Leeds, uh, who's still only drawn twice all season. They're 11th on the table. Very, very Leeds. Uh, what's your prediction for this one, Mr. Wilson? Yeah, very leads, aren't they? Um, getting a getting a little bit better defensively, but um, Bamford had a bit of a bit of an off moment the other, the other day. But a thousand days, um, Bielsa has passed in charge now at Leeds, which is a massive achievement. Well done to him. However, Chelsea are very good, aren't they? As we've just said, they're quite um, good. Yeah, they're quite good. One of my mates, one of my mates, always says when it comes to, you know, 
football weekends are all the same. You can never trust the early kickoff. So I am going uh, 1-1 draw. Interesting. You go for Leeds' third draw of the season. Uh, I'm going to go with, I think Leeds might actually find a way through Chelsea. I mean, you can't predict a Leeds game with any any fewer than five goals. So I'm going to say, th- <laughs> I'm going to say 3-2 Chelsea. I think, um, even though they've been defensively solid, I feel like Leeds just always find a weird knack of getting through. Uh, but but let's say Chelsea. I'm backing Timo. I'm backing Timo to, to pull it around. So come on, come on, boy. Do, do the business. Um, moving on, we have... It doesn't get any doesn't get any less uh, less important the games this weekend. Uh, we have Arsenal versus Tottenham in a North London derby for Super Sunday. Uh, that's a four thirty kickoff on Sunday. It's a Sky Sports Premier League main event and now TV. Um, Spurs. I mean, they're finding their rhythm. They're getting into their groove again. Uh, we're recording this before the Europa League defeat, which basically renders everything we're about to say as completely pointless. <laughs> but yeah, what do you make of Spurs? Um, it's hard to know with Spurs. They have had a good run. You know, we <laughs> we can look at their front line and marvel, Michael. Kane, we know, brilliant. He is unbelievable. Son, he's looked a little bit more tired of late. He's not been quite as dynamic, made such an impact. But any slack that he has he has had has been picked up by Mr. Gareth Bale, who has downplayed it. He's uh, he's easing himself back in. He's not saying he's the, the Gareth Bale of old. But when he's when he's playing like this, it is beautiful to watch. Um, yeah. I think we spoke about it recently all over the pitch. Um, he's been brilliant. Um, I just want to caveat it, though, um, with with the teams that he's done this against. So um, mm. six of his last appearances, we had Palace, where they won 4-1. He scored two goals, but that's Palace. Um, then they had Fulham before that, where he blanked. Um, Burnley before that, where he got two goals and an assist. But again, all teams down the bottom. And then two of the games before that were Wolfsberger, who... Um, aren't a European giant, um, no disrespect to them, where he scored two and got an assist over two games. Um, and then it was the loss to West Ham where he got an assist for the for the one goal, Lucas Moura's. So he has been making these goal impacts, Gareth Bale. Undeniably good. He looks much better. But we've got to make sure he does this against bigger teams. And I think this Arsenal one is a big challenge because Arsenal will want more of the ball than Burnley. They will want more of the ball than Palace. They will, you know, um, they will leave more space elsewhere. Um, And if Bale can, you know, adapt to that, I think that is massive for, for Tottenham. And then whoever they play with him. Yeah, absolutely. I've got that written down, actually. I think this is a huge test of Mourinho... Mourinho's resolve, almost, his attitude. Um, obviously, they, they've picked up some big wins against I mean, three relegation-battling teams. They've picked up two huge wins, uh, scored nine goals in those three wins and only conceded once. Um, so, it, they obviously, they can they can play without a handbrake. Will will that continue against a big team? And I think that's, that's Spurs' downfall, isn't it? Or that, that has been Spurs' sort of Achilles heel somewhat. Um, can they actually turn up in every game and not just not just the games they're either expected to win or for one-off big games? Can they do this every single week, week in, week out? Are Spurs capable of an unbeaten run of eight games, for example? Is that is that a Spurs thing to do? Um, obviously, they're, they're, they're up to three so far for the Premier League. I think this is a massive test of their credentials and could really define what what they do for the rest of the season. Um and and I think Bale goes with that. I think Bale goes with that. If Bale, um, you know, if he's serious about being this this elite level footballer again, and if he wants to win trophies before, you know, or in 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 England before the end of his career, these are the games he's got to win and and got to show up in. Um, let's say it's all well and good. No disrespect to to Burnley or, or the likes who he's he's turned up and tortured, but Bale, you don't pay the guy two hundred grand a week to 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 beat Fulham, to beat Burnley, to beat Crystal Palace. You pay him the big money to turn up in North London derbies and tear the house down, pretty much. Um, and especially this season of all seasons, we have Tot- uh, Arsenal lingering in 10th. You've got Spurs on the edge of, of Europa League contention, which they need to be doing better than that. Um, and yeah, I, I guess 
I guess Gareth Bale's playing for his... He is playing for his career a little bit now, I think. Because it, what does he want from next season? Are Spurs going to be in a position to sign him without Champions League money coming in? Or without Champions League football to draw him in? Who knows? Um, if he goes back to Real Madrid, he's, is he going to get a look in again? Probably not. Uh, I think this is a huge time for, for Bale... Uh, on a personal level, and that should only play into Spurs' hands because <laughs> this is a huge time for Spurs as well. Um, their, 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 their destinies are very much tied in what happens for the rest of the season. Um, in terms of Arsenal, I, I still think Arteta's a bit dodgy. I'm not I'm not on the Arteta wagon. He got... He, did he either... He sort of snubbed like Barcelona interest the other day or he like, he like downplayed Barcelona interest. I'm like, pal, pal. What have you done? <laughs> like you went to the school of Pep and you've come out with a solid, you know, C minus. Like <laughs> you're not exactly flying in the Premier League at the moment. Um, yeah, not to be too disrespectful to Mr. Arteta there, but I, I think yeah, the green teams are there at Arsenal. Um, they just they just haven't happened particularly quickly. But I think the job on, on Arteta's hands is rather big. Um, I think to focus on on one definite positive. The, the level of creativity in the side is definitely growing. Um, you see the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe coming back from, from injury soon, um, how brilliant he's been. Erdegaard is settling in. He's, he's creating chances, um, even though he has had a few um, off games. But again, still very young man. Um, and then even Thomas Partey, who they brought in to kind of be that kind of midfield um, solidity, the anchor. Uh, he's more likely to take on players these days. You kind of see the side wanting to be pushed forward. Um, and then whoever they play in front, Pepe scoring a few goals at the minute, Abamyang, there's some signs that he might be getting his legs back. Lacazette obviously is an elite finisher on his day. You've got young players, Martinelli and Ketia. They do have the parts. And I think the football is going in the right direction. But the league table doesn't lie. Uh, the stats are suggesting that they're going to finish ninth, I think, after over the run-in. And that is not good enough when you're Arsenal and you're paying the sort of money to the likes of Willian, who is a scapegoat, yes. <laughs> the, <laughs> the sort of money that he's getting. Um, missing out on Europe is, is, is mad. With the likes of West Ham having, we're going to maybe get to them later, but the, the way that they've worked in the transfer market um, and created the side has been a lot smarter. So I'm more in favour of Arteta than you. I think he's doing a good job with the the players at his disposal defensively. Um, I don't think they know that their best makeup, bar Kieran Tierney. Um, Letting Martinez go seems like a very strange decision from how well he's playing now. Aston Villa may be the best goalkeeper in the league this season. Um, so so I think there's green shoots at Arsenal, but I still think there's problems. And I think Arteta is is getting there. I think the Barca interest has seen um, those green shoots, has seen the way he wants teams to play. But I don't know if he would swap this rebuild job for a surely more daunting one at the camp now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got nothing personal against Arteta whatsoever. I mean, I really hope I'd love I'd love another Pep to to rise up and you know play this this beautiful football possession based tick attacker whatever you want to call it. I'd love to see it see it happen, and and I really really hope Arteta does come good and for Arsenal as well. I'd, I'd love to see Arsenal get back up there. Um, the Premier League is simply a better place with a strong and stable Arsenal. Um, I just I just. I just don't get it, really. I think they do have a better squad now than in the past few years. They have spent a lot of money on a lot of big players. You, you mentioned Partey there. They've got Pepe. Um, they've still got Aubameyang paying him big, big, big wages now. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just not sold. And and their current form, let's say the last five, they've won two, lost two, drawn one. It's just it's very mid-table. And I think Arsenal's standards... Have just dipped a little bit. I don't know. I I probably sound really unenthusiastic talking about Arsenal because they're quite, they're just not that exciting to talk about. <laughs> That's really bad. Like I I want better for Arsenal and for Arsenal fans. Um, I, I just maybe Arteta needs a full another full season to go around. But again, how how long can you keep saying that before you know results need to come in? Um, I'd like to play nice football. 
doesn't mean I'm any good at making that happen. So I think I think Arteta has a lot to prove. I hope he does. I sincerely hope he does. Um, so this is not just a <laughs> having a go at Arteta. Uh, but yeah, big game for both teams. Uh, what's your prediction for this one, the North London derby? Well, both sides have uh, lower total XG this season than Aston Villa, Leeds and West Ham. So I'm not seeing loads of goals in this. Um, I think just it's Spurs overperforming their XG because of their amazing forward line and Arsenal have underperformed their XG. Um, when it comes to North London derby, though, does all that go out the window? Probably. Arsenal at home. Does that give Spurs a little bit more room on the break? Probably. Does it finish 2-1 Spurs with Bale and Kane on the score sheet? I think so. <laughs> I might go along with that. I was going to say 2-1 or 2-0. I just think Kane is a cut above everybody else on that pitch. Everybody else on that pitch. Pretty much everybody else in the world, to be fair. I think Kane is just phenomenal. Um, as much as we want to talk about Bale... I think he still is supporting cast to the main man, who is Harry. And yeah, I, I'm backing Spurs. He's got a great record, obviously, in the North London derbies. And I'm backing him to do the business once again. Uh, and then once that match finishes, you're you're going to be sort of taking in those deep breaths after such an exciting North London clash. Uh, you have a, another game, another game to enjoy. It's at 7.15 on Sunday evening. Sky Sports Premier League main event, Now TV. And I'm going to turn that into a wrap. And it's Manchester United versus West Ham. Um David Moyes returns to Manchester United looking for a Champions League place with West Ham United, with Jesse Lingard. <laughs> it's a big old season uh, for West Ham. I think we'll probably talk about Man United, though. <laughs> we haven't talked about them for a little while. Um, yeah, I mean, a massive game here, isn't it, really? They're, they're second. They're, they're, pro you know, they're probably still not going to catch Manchester City more than probably not going to catch Manchester City, despite a great win against them. Um, I mean, yeah, is there much to play for for Manchester United in, in the rest of the season now? I don't quite know what where their season's sort of heading now, apart from, can, can you really get people fired up to finish second when you've been there the whole season? Who knows? How many, just before we get too deep into United, how many teams have we talked about going for Champions League football this season? Crazy. Everton were earlier. Southampton, who are now staring down the barrel of a relegation battle. Mm. It's, it's such a wild season. And I think if they are going to get up for anything, Manchester United securing that berth of second so they don't have to do any qualification nonsense. Mm. I think that's still important. I think they still will want to push City as far as they can, like any good side. But I don't think we should overestimate how well United have been doing just because of one phenomenal derby result. Um, I think it's still that they've only won four of their last 11 Premier League games. It's only a you know, couple of weeks since they had that dire match against Crystal Palace, that nil-nil, where basically no, neither side created any chances. Where the, where the highlight was fog coming over so we couldn't actually watch the match. <laughs> it was interesting. That's the bit I pointed out to my partner. I was like, oh, have you seen that much fog on the pitch here? <laughs> it, was like watching, it was like watching somebody slowly draw the curtains and like you just weren't going to stop them. <laughs> so like, yeah. You don't need this in your evening. Yeah. So um, for every Derby Day glory, there is still a moment like that um i think you know they've 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 run themselves hard as well this season man united the, the europa league is a slog they had the champions league group stage you know um they're not going to have it easy rashford's now out cavani's a bit of a doubt still fernandez as phenomenal as a player he is and he is a phenomenal player and has continued to be that he has looked maybe five percent less of late his goal involvements have dropped just that little bit yes he, um, he helped United do the business against City, but he hasn't quite been at the at the, the peak of his levels. And I think that's because he's being asked to do so much or he's asking so much of himself. Mm. He's he's not only their creative outlet, you know, and their, their you know, leading goal scorer, essentially. Um, he's the first line of defence as well. The amount of pressing he does to win the ball back, as these top teams do now, he, he's being asked to to work a, a high, high defensively and high offensively work rate and I think that's really really tough and I think we'll, we'll weigh him down if United don't manage him carefully they've got AC Milan in the Europa League 
Um, that isn't a game that they can immediately rest him for, maybe like Wolfsburger, for example, who, who Spurs have just seen off. So so they've got some some, <laughs> some tricky things to, to deal with. Obviously, can play brilliantly, but they've got to make sure they don't have too many of those darker, bleaker moments. Or teams like Chelsea or, you know, a resurgent Leicester maybe may catch them. There is a, there's still a situation where United might not get, you know, automatic Champions League qualification and Oli will not want to be going into the season playing qualifiers. Yeah, no, I've gone... I've cut the stats a slightly different way. And I've, I've written... They're not in the title race. They're not... In, there's no title race. That is not a thing. City have wrapped this up with a little ball yeah. on top. Um, but I, I think United are slightly maturing in a sense of in defensively. I mean, we've, we've, seen, we've seen how... I know you said there they've won four of, four of 11 games, but they're not conceding many goals now. And and like you say, there's a few injury problems from attacking players, and and Fernandez maybe a bit tired. And they, I mean, they play this breathless football, which uh, no surprise, they're they're probably a bit fatigued from all of this. But um, they have four clean sheets in a row. They've got five clean sheets in six. The only one they conceded was against Newcastle. Um, I think they're improving all the time at the back. And 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 in those games, it was City, Chelsea, Real Sociedad twice, and Palace. Um, I think credit to Dean Henderson for stepping in. Very good, very good, very solid goalkeeper who is kind of making De Gea's... I'm not going to just slag off De Gea because he's still a, great, a good, very good keeper, um, but it kind of makes his you know, 350 grand a week wages look a little bit redundant at the moment. So I, I think that's a big compliment to Dean Henderson. Um, but I want to talk about the fullbacks very briefly uh, before we move on. Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw. And Aaron Wambasaka. Um, I mean, Luke Shaw. That run for his goal was just tremendous against City. I, I sat there, I was watching it with a housemate, and I was just like, "Oh, mate, if they score this, it'd be a great goal." Oh! <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was so good. And for a player who has been beaten down quite a lot, and he's had the, you know, the jibes, the social media jibes, and he's, you know, got a bit of weight on him, blah blah blah. And I'm just like. Mate, did you watch him in that game against City? Like the amount of times he burst up that pitch, sprints like most of the length of the pitch, and still got back to defend. Uh, fair play. I mean, no matter you know, everybody's got a different body shape, body type, whatever it is, composition. He still gets up and down that pitch, and and that is all that matters at the end. He shows good pace. He defends well. He attacks well. He's got a bit of everything, Luke Shaw, and and we're really starting to see the player who. Yeah, had a dip, had a dip in form. Um, but I think we're starting to see England's best left by coming through again. Um, again, I was talking to my housemate. Uh, we, we quite frequently end up doing England 11s. And <laughs> um, I mean, quite organically, I came to this conclusion. Then looking back at the Man United stats, realising it's actually not as crazy as it sounds. But I'd honestly be starting a back four with Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire and Aaron Wambasaka with John Stones in the middle of all of that. Because I think Wambasaka. Look at the right back. This is a bit of a tangent, but let's go for it. Reese James, not always been in the team. Uh, Kyle Walker, out of favour. Kieran Trippier, I haven't seen as much of him, so I can't properly comment. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, off form, and hasn't really turned up for England. I think Wan-Bissaka is a great defender, and I, I I think this is a massive international break. He hasn't really had much of a look in. I think this is a massive, massive international break that Wan-Bissaka should be given a chance to, to impress and take. This is massive for Southgate because there's rumours that he, Aaron Wambasaka, is looking to uh, declare for for Congo, um, is is um, other team that he can play for. So if if Southgate does think that he might want him in the system, this would be the time to to bring him in um, if the international break do, does indeed happen. Um, I do think he would still be further down the the pecking order compared to maybe three of those. Even Thanks. for me, I think I think Aaron Wambasaka is a wonderful defender. He he's nicknamed the Spider because he genuinely brilliant one on one. He came to I think he became you know important in the Palace squad because of his reputation against Wolf Zaha in training, mm. and that's a, that's quite a nice reputation to have. But I think for a team like England who are the top you know five of the FIFA rankings, we're going to want the ball. We're going to want to attack more, and I think offensively there are slightly better 
right backs than Wan Bissaka. Trippier has had a very good season at Atletico in a brilliant defence. They've conceded a ridiculously low amount of goals, even though you know he's been suspended. Trent, we know he's quality. He has had a dip this year, um, but that is only he's only had a dip in compared to the unbelievable standards offensively that he set. So I think Trent is still going to be ahead of him. However, sure, I think you are completely right. I think he is first choice now, um, especially with Chilwell being slightly in that of the Chelsea side. Defensively, it's always looked good for me. Sure, I think I think he looks good there. His body shape, like you said, he's not that you know skinny teenager we saw at Southampton anymore, but he's doing the actions of... Um, a, a very dynamic fullback. Um, the most chances created in the Premier League in 2021. Third place is Bruno Fernandes, as you'd expect. Um, second place is Mason Mount, which is great for, for England uh, fans. But number one is Luke Shaw with 34. Mm. You cannot deny the numbers. He's getting up there. He's creating chances. Um, and even though he hasn't particularly got a target man to, to aim at. So um, very with you for sure. I would like to say, I mean, with you for Wan-Bissaka because he is a brilliant defender. But um, I think England are going to be an offensive, offensive side that may leave one or two centre-backs and maybe a Henderson at the back and use those full-backs further forward. So, anyway, it's all good for Man United. Great full-back. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, call me old-fashioned, but I quite like my defenders when they can defend. Uh, Moving on to predictions, Manchester United versus West Ham United in a battle for a top four place, really. Uh, What's your prediction in this one? It's a very interesting one because I love West Ham. I love how they're being run. I love that um, Fabianski just got given a new contract. I love that they're going to sign Craig Dawson for £2 million. He's 30. He's the form centre-back in the Premier League. He's 30 years old, £2 million. Brilliant. West Ham have sorted themselves into a very lovely situation. Can they beat Man United? Yes. Will they beat Man United? Who knows? Man U just, they turn up or they don't. Um, I'm going for a home win, but a very narrow, maybe 1-0 United. I'm going with, uh, I think I'm going to go with a draw for this one, 1-1. And I don't think that's any shame for Man United. I think West Ham are just a very good team. And uh, a 1-1 draw, even at Old Trafford, even against a team like West Ham, who've traditionally been lower than in the table, I think that would represent a pretty good result for for Ole and uh, gives them a bit of a chance to rest and recover because I think the Europa League is a massive opportunity for them to win another European trophy. Um, and moving on, we've got a couple of final bits and pieces for you. Uh, Fantasy Premier League, how is it going, Mr. Wilson? How was last week? How's it gone? I had a green arrow this week, Michael, in uh, in one of my, my leagues, um, in the uh, our, our kind of company, uh, Floor League. Um, I, I, I clawed back someone that has been at the, the top for ages, so I was very happy with that. And it's all thanks to Gundogan's goal against Southampton. So thank you, okay. Um, captain this week, though, is a really interesting choice because there's no standouts, Michael. How's it been going for you? Or who is your captain pick, my friend? I mean, I haven't thought about it a great deal because I'm having the same the same solution of like, mm, there's a lot of choices, uh, but not really any choices. Uh, I'm looking at, I mean, Harry Kane, even against Arsenal, I think you've almost got to just pick straight up form. And and forget about fixtures. I think we can we can fixate on fixtures um, until the cows come home. But Gareth Bale, oh, sorry, uh, Harry Kane my, is is capable of a hat trick against anyone, or is capable of a couple of goals against anyone. He can set them up. Uh, I, 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 so I put Kane in last week. I, I've got this master plan because I haven't got a free hit. I've been taking making transfers purely for this blank game week next week. Um, so I put Son and Kane in this week. Obviously, I should have now realised I should have gone for Bale and Kane. Um, but I, I, I think Harry Kane might be the one. And forgetting fixtures for a second because it really is a look of a draw. And I think you've got to back some of the best players in the league: the the Salas when they're on form, the De Bruyne is when they're on form, Fernandez, Kane. You've got to back them to score against anybody. So I'm I'm nailing my colours to the Harry Kane mast. Um, I had a pretty decent week, I guess. Um, a little bit of victory from the jaws of defeat because uh, after after triple captaining Barnes, I was very scared to uh, to to dip back into the captain game. Uh, I went for Gundogan, who 
uh, purely because he had two games, and that was the only reason I went ahead of him, uh, ahead of Kane. Um, but yeah, I went from due to the two games, and thankfully he clawed a little bit of pride back. Obviously, it would have been nice to to get Kane up there as well. But but ten points doubled, not bad, not bad. I'm a little bit disappointed by City though. Um, they're conceding a few goals, which is making Edison and the Edison Stones pivot a little bit redundant at the moment. Uh, I, I still like Edison because he's always going to play. So reluctantly reluctantly may have to think about shipping Mr. Stones out purely because he misses one game in every four or five and, and that's it. Um, if they're getting clean sheets every week, that's fine. I'll keep him in, but maybe looking to, to, to shuffle him on. Um, I'd be looking for Brighton players in the weeks to come. Uh, I'd be looking for Fulham defenders in the, in the weeks to come. They've got a couple of good games coming up. Uh, we've got Newcastle coming up as well, which is interesting. Uh, or Brighton do in, in the blank game week. So keep an eye out for those sorts of players. And yes, make sure you are playing, making your transfers in accordance or next week when a lot of teams are in FA Cup action instead. Um, and finally, it's a, it's a good and finally, this one. This is an and finally that is close to my heart. Uh, as mentioned at the start, we have said goodbye to, to two brothers, um, two friends, friends of the pod in, uh, in Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. What's going on? I'm shaking my head, Michael. We have not said goodbye. We have said see you later, my friend. I'll let you get back to your point. Oh, man. I just... I'm so sad. I'm just so sad. I feel like... I was so ready for Messi to turn up and produce... You know, I was just ready for one last... I'm going to say last. One last rip-your-face-off-good Messi performance destroying just just oh just just tearing the tearing the thing apart and it was it was looking good it was looking good man that thunderbolt strike i actually i actually shouted my friend my husband was reading a book for some reason um and i i actually leapt off the set i was like whoa i got so excited when messi put that one in penalty came up and i was getting all excited the groove chats were buzzing and then the penalty and he missed it and i mean from that point on i have no idea how barcelona didn't win that game they should have had four or five um i was just so ready for another another shot from messi and i i don't i am pessimistic about messi's chances of of sticking with barcelona and tearing it up in champions leagues to come uh, Ronaldo, he's probably still got a bit of time left in him. Uh, he's, he's never going to. He doesn't age. The boy doesn't age. But um, yeah, I. We have to accept that they are on the decline, or on the. Maybe not a decline. That improve. That, that suggests they're getting worse. But 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 less special moments are coming along. Um, what a pair of players! I think I think you 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 hit on something there. I still think they are two of the best players in the world today mm. they're obviously the best players we've ever seen with our eyes unbelievably so but even today at their you know their older age in the football world um they aren't as maybe brilliant as they were at their peaks but they are still phenomenal footballers ronaldo still scraps and claws and drags his team through matches um however I do think that they are maybe making their teams worse. Um, You know, Messi can't play that high-octane, pressing, running game. That's not what he's going to do. He's going to drop. He's going to drift. And the team has to accommodate around him. And I think the same goes for Ronaldo. In the past, Ronaldo said that he'd only play in the Champions League if he could, you know, maybe even jokingly. But it's that sort of attitude where the the team almost is, is bent to this one match winner. Um, and I think the teams that are, are doing the best, you look at Man City without an out and out, um, you know, scapegoat, limelight grabber. They're, they're, they're more of a unit. You look at Bayern Munich, who obviously have Lewandowski, maybe the best natural finisher outside of Harry Kane. Um, but he isn't, he isn't that same presence that, that Ronaldo and Messi are. And I think the teams that are going to do well, are the teams that are more solid all round rather than hoping in this one player. You look at the, the players that have shone 
for Barca and for, for Juve. For Juve, it was Chiesa, who's, who's a great player, did brilliantly at Fiorentina, has only hit the ground running at Juventus. I really like him. He just seemed to be the next generation or part of it for Juventus. You look at the likes of Pedri and Trincao. Trincao looked so good when he came on for Barcelona. And I, I thought they were gonna they were gonna have that comeback, but the ball just didn't go in the net. The penalty went against them. Verratti encroachment, VAR didn't see it. It felt like a few bits that went against them. Dembele, I don't know how Dembele didn't score a goal in that game. But they have the next generation, you know, a little core within their ranks already, these two big clubs. Um, and I think with the amount of other next-gen elite superstars that we're seeing, um, there's two big names that have gone around the internet, <laughs> rightly so. Um, I think the, the limelight is going to shift, isn't it? Um, but I, I can't write either off. You can't write off these two players. Whatever they go to do will be phenomenal in their own way. Mm, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying about them sometimes players because you are built around these players is that stinting other players growth whatever it is like that i mean messi was sensational sensational for barcelona and i actually think he was really let down by by his teammates i, I think griezmann looks a bit weird at the moment griezmann for barcelona he doesn't i think the commentators actually mentioned it as well he doesn't look like he really wants to score like he doesn't really, he doesn't look cutthroat. He doesn't look like the Griezmann for Atletico who would chase every ball, hound every defender, and and yeah, and make them make them pay. Um, he d- didn't have that sort of cutthroat. Cutthroat was the word I came. To. I, he didn't. I didn't get that vibe from from Griezmann and and Dembele for me. I, I went to Dortmund. Um, I went to watch Dortmund in the Yellow Wall a few years ago now, and Dembele came on, and I thought about it. I thought. The same about him then as I did last night. Pace, incredible. Mm. Quality, very low. I, I, I just, I, I, I am not, I'm not a fan. I, I'm not a fan, and and he's still very young and still got plenty of time to go. He, what I described him as, he, he feels like when you play FIFA and you accidentally press the alternate controls, and like you, you don't really, you think everything's fine, you think everything's great, you're running with the ball, it's all good until you try to shoot and then you accidentally just do something stupid, like like. I, I, his, his end product is so bad and I, I really thought I mean he should have scored two or three last night and I think that's not Messi put a few on the plate on a plate for him last night and I just wouldn't I think Barcelona's supporting cast just isn't good enough and I think that's where the problem lies rather than trying to build around Messi and, and not quite you know fitting at the moment uh, I think that supporting cast needs to take a little look at themselves uh, and obviously that club is in a lot of a lot of trouble from for a lot of reasons i guess um so it'll be interesting to see what happens but yes if that was to be the final time we see lionel messi in a champions league game in a barcelona shirt uh it was a mixed bag to say the least but we we hope we hope we see more of that uh, in the years to come also a very quick word shout out to to the champions league because the champions league there's so many t- so many things have been said about the Champions League. Change the format and banning clubs from signing players and blah, 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 blah. What a tournament UEFA have there. It is, it is truly the knockout rounds of the, of the Champions League is the best football, domestic or international, is the best football. <laughs> that yeah. Juventus game against Porto, phenomenal. The best product. And if UEFA can't find a way to market that, if they can't find a way to to eke more money out of that with the perfect balance they have now, then man, how 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 lost. <laughs> my my partner's getting sick of me saying it to her. I'm, every time the Champions League is on, I just rant at her about how brilliant Champions League football is. The Premier League can let us down as many times as it wants, and we will still go back to it. But the Champions League is always there. It is phenomenal. That Porto game, I was on the edge of my seat. I had no investment in it, but when Oliveira scored that free kick, I was I was elated. It's just brilliant football. It's always got something about it. Even if you watch Liverpool versus Leipzig, there's still um, you know a hint of magic in it. I just want them to let us have it. They're going to take it off us. They're going to make the Super League, but please just let us have the Champions League. I just feel like if you're changing the balance of it all, like the perfect balance of teams get through. There's always a team like Porto who comes through. It was Leipzig last year. They just come through 
and they're, they're, they're mixing it with the big, big, big boys and, and they find a way. They find a way by no logical means. They find a way through and we love that. They're, they're not just what a tournament and in the last few years let's say we've seen some truly incredible scenes the Barcelona at Liverpool the you know Spurs at Ajax all of that PSG Barcelona from a few years ago um, I mean Juventus was up there the other night Dortmund Sevilla was a great game I could keep going and going and going but I feel like our time is up um, thank you very much for joining me Mr Jake Wilson what's coming up in match of the day magazine I love this issue that we've got on shelves right now, Michael. I love it. I love it. It is our massive footy debates issue. So you can see one here on the cover, Michael. It's Haaland versus Mbappe. We need readers to tell us who is better. Players like that. De Bruyne up against uh, Bruno Fernandes. It is, it is tough. I've, I've struggled and uh, I helped put it together. So there's that. There's an interview with the best women's footballer in the world, Lucy Bronze. That's a world exclusive. We've got some Champions League posters. If you're excited as me and you are about the Champions League, get them on your wall. And, Michael, to top it all off, we have a limited edition exclusive silver Harry Kane match attacks for every reader. It is stacked. Um, so make sure you're picking up this one when you go to the shops, my friends. Um, get a pen and paper. My address is 32. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, thank you very much for that, Mr. Wilson. A shiny hurricane sounds like, I mean, that's a good enough reason. Um, and you can also come over to radiotimes.com for all the latest sport content on TV. Uh, we've got some Six Nations coming up. We've got some Players' Championship Golf coming up. We've got all sorts of plans coming up. We've got F1 in the coming weeks. I'll be telling you more about that next time. We've got some exciting plans with that one. Uh, and I've spoken to John Alarisa this week. Liverpool, Liverpool legend John Anarisa, a lovely lovely fella on Zoom uh, come and have a check out what he said about the state of Liverpool, uh, about Stevie Gerrard taking over from Jurgen Klopp and more, uh, that's all live on the website and we'll have more coming very very soon, thank you very much for listening I think this was quite a long pod but we got away with it, thank you very much cheers, see you next week